Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you love, I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys, it's 12.53 a.m. on a Friday morning recording this intro Super happy. I always say the same thing. Super happy with everything. I suffer. For those of you guys that don't know me, I suffer from extreme positivity. I'm always looking at the positive stuff. I think I was almost born that way. But super happy about everything. This episode. This episode. We have breast cancer survivors. Gotta start with that one because it's incredible. She's a pioneer in coming out, speaking about it. It's something that more, we need more awareness and more people I can celebrate that are talented, that share their stories. That's number one. Number two, host of NBC in the mix. Yesterday was my one year anniversary. How times change. A one year anniversary of me making my appearance on the show i was i was on the show talking about it was back to school so i was on the back to school special talking about parenting and kids and sports and that kind of thing i remember when i got the call that i was going to be on the show it was super exciting so that was a year ago yesterday that i was on the show so i wanted to drop it today x Dolphin cheerleader, ex-Miami Heat dancer, just a woman about the community, great mother, three awesome kids, husband, probably one of the best of all times, great dude, great family, just overall positive, overall greatness, super happy for her and what she's accomplished and what she's going to accomplish. So without further delay, Today on the Coach HP Show, we have Joanna Gomez. Let's go. Diamond in the back, sunroof top, big in the scene with a gangster lean. Diamond in the back, sunroof top, big in the scene with a gangster lean. Um, it's, it's not the greatest background right here, but you know, my little pony unicorns and names, it's jo working. <laughs> Joanna, what have you been using as your place of are you using like a, the backyard? Are you using the living area? What have you been using? No. So I go live every day from the living room and that's, and my, I have like an open house. So everything is kind of <laughs> just. The only thing that's private are the rooms, but I kind of yeah. hide the kids in the rooms, and then I'm, you know, 
in my living room broadcasting live from there. And then I hide my husband in our room. So everyone's kind of hidden. So right now at this time, I'm the one that has to do the hiding. So now you got to do the hiding. I, <laughs> I, I, text, the hiding. I texted him yesterday and I go, any chance you guys are going to have to go to Orlando? And he said he might go to Orlando soon. Yeah, Steve might go into the bubble very soon. Maybe we're not sure what's going to happen. I guess we're just seeing how the season will progress. And at this point, we're just hoping it starts. That'll be a good place. Joanna, do you miss being in the studio, like NBC studio? Oh, I do. I do. You know, I think what this entire thing has taught us is how much we take things for granted, even the little things like going to studio, I would never thought in a million years that I would say driving 45 minutes every day to go to Miramar and back was going to be, um, you know, it, it's great. But, and that I would miss it. But I, I do. I miss the little things. I miss seeing my producer in person. I talk to them, both of them, my EP and my producer every day. You know, just I miss the interaction of you don't really, I don't think a lot of people realize how many people are involved in the show from the director to the floor managers to, you know, everybody. So yes, I do miss that interaction of being around people and just feeling everybody's energy. What are you guys talking about now on the show? Because with almost everything being shut down, what are the topics that you're kind of getting into? We're talking about everything that is going on obviously around the world so we're we're an entertainment show but we're a little different i say we're not just such an entertainment show in the sense of we cover all the entertainment news that's coming out of hollywood but we also cover a lot of local things that are happening here in south florida as well um so there's there's news there's a lot to talk about going on you know and our show is you know we talk a lot about how we're moms and we're trying to get our kids ready, whether or not going to school, what to do with our children. So there's a lot, there's a lot to, to talk about. So let's take show. it back. So let's take it back. So you were born in Dominican, New York or Miami? Which one of the three? I was actually born in New York City. So I am American. I am second generation. My mom was born in the Dominican Republic. My dad, they moved here right before they had my brother and they had me and we were born in new york city in manhattan washington heights how was how was that growing up in new york for you um i mean it was all i knew but it was fantastic um i don't know if you are familiar with washington heights but it's predominantly dominicans mm -hmm. um and puerto ricans um so it was the only thing i knew but it was it was great you know it was i, I come from a single parent home so I was raised by my mom and I I didn't have everything but I had it all I had everything that I needed at that moment in my life and most importantly I had a lot of love in my home so then we moved to South Florida my mom remarried uh, my stepfather and they had always wanted to move to South Florida funny enough I moved to Miami when I was 10 and I went to Coral Park a lot of people don't know this I went to Coral Park Elementary and we moved at, like down south and then started school and right around after the fall semester december my mom said i have to go back to new york i miss it too much don't like it in south florida and we moved back so then i went back to my old school so then i finished fifth grade in new york city at that moment 
And then we moved back, right? When I was getting ready to start high school, it was the same thing. I was getting ready to go to an all girl Catholic school in New York City called Our Lady of Victory. And right before school was starting, my mom said, nope, we're moving again. My stepfather pulled the plug on that one. And we moved to South Florida. And then at that point, we moved to the city of Hialeah. And I went to Hialeah, Miami Lakes. And I attended HML for four years. Then I went to Miami-Dade Community College for two. And then I went to Florida International University. And I've been that. here since then. <laughs> since then, huh? How, was, how did it affect your relationship, Joanna, with, with your original dad did you know him at all or no you know i didn't so i have a very different story i know a lot of people use the term mom uh, dad issues a lot um i don't really have a lot of daddy issues and i think it's more because my dad just wasn't around um from i mean my mom was when i my mom was pregnant with me my mom and my dad divorced so it happened at obviously at a very young age where I don't recall. Um, I do recall him obviously coming by and saying hi, and we had a relationship, but it really wasn't a typical daughter father relationship. I have more of a relationship with my stepfather, but he also came in at a later point. So for the first eleven years of my life, it was just my mom and my brother, and you know me, just you know doing our thing, and it was great, you know. Um, so I don't, I don't really have a relationship with my father. I have more relationship with my stepfather. You think you got real lucky there, huh? You dodged a bullet because that's You know, I normal. did. I did. I did. And my husband and I talk about it a lot. My husband, on the other hand, he came from a, you know, a home with two parents, fantastic parents, very involved. So he obviously appreciates the fact of having a mom and a dad present in a child's life. And you know, I appreciate it too now so much more that I am a parent, that I am a mom, that I can see, I see the relationship that my daughters have with my husband and my son and that bond. You see, I think when you don't have it, you don't miss it and you don't crave it because you just don't know what to miss or what to crave. So it just became very normal. Um, but then on the other side, Bad thing is that I'm a very strong woman. <laughs> so I feel bad for my husband sometimes because I am I am strong and I, and I got that from my mom, you know, and from the circumstances of the cards that I was dealt. But I did dodge a bullet. I really did. Yeah. Joanna, why do you think Latin women have that strong gene thing? Is that because they see it from their parents, their grandparents? What is it? I I, I think it's what we see i think it's our culture i think it's all i think latina women and and i say this with so much pride um because i, I see so many and 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 right and so many have some have daddy issues mommy issues we all have issues let's just keep right keep right. it real but there's something about our culture that uh, we're strong we're strong women and we saw it from our mothers and our grandmothers and we fight and i think it's maybe because we came to this a lot of us come from immigrant families right we came here to this country and we work hard for everything that we have and that is our mentality and that is what we have that's what we know that's all we know when you were at hml what did you start mm -hmm. thinking your future was going to be like were you like i'm going to get into journalism i'm going to get into dancing what was what were you telling yourself i was a late bloomer <laughs> So for all those late bloomers out there, it is okay. I honestly had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, 
I'm very strong, but I'm also very passive in a way. I have a lot of energy, but I'm also kind of a go with the flow. And when I was younger, I think I was even more go with the flow. So I really was, I mean, I, I, was, I was going through my own stuff of being in a city that it was foreign to me. So I moved here when I was 14. And I, that was my freshman year of high school. So it was all very new. I was, I was meeting new people. I didn't have family here. Um, so I wasn't, I was just kind of going with it. I was just trying to get my feet used to like the system of Miami-Dade County, the school board system, you know, everything, just every public schools. I came from a private school to a public school. So all of that was new to me. So I really uh, wasn't thinking of what I wanted to do. I, my mom always told me, pick what you what, what you love to do, what you wanted to do. But at that moment, I, I, I mean, I, I used to dance. I always knew that I wasn't going to be a professional dancer because I just wasn't as good as all the other girls that were there, but I definitely had something that stood me out, that I stood out from other girls, but I didn't have that it factor in the dancing world. Like I was privileged to dance with so many fantastic, talented women that are still working in the dancing world. So I, I knew that that wasn't going to be it. Um, I wanted to be a therapist. I thought maybe that could have been something that I could do. And then you know, somehow I stumbled into broadcast journalism. I was a cheerleader for the Miami Dolphins and they had asked me to do a couple of, you know, media conversations and talk and interviews and just a couple of lines to, you know, to talk to the media and represent the Miami Dolphins cheerleaders. And honestly, that's where it just, I, I noticed how easy it came to me to talk in front of the camera and how comfortable I felt. And I quickly changed my major. Um, at that moment to broadcast journalism. And I said, well, let me give it a try. Let me see. And, and I was at FIU <laughs> when you changed your major? I actually changed my major when I was in Miami Dade. So I was already like, I had already, I only, I only had my freshman year in college at that point. And then I changed my major. So it wasn't so much of a big dent. Were you at Dade North or Dade South? Yes. Yes. Dade I was North, at Dade huh? North. Yeah. Look at that. Yep. <laughs> Dade North, that's where we played at the time. They were the Falcons. When I okay. was there, because we played, they had turned three Miami Dades into one. And we had to play our baseball games, crazy enough, at Day North. Okay. Which I'm a little is, older than you, but I don't, nah, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think you're older than me. I'm a little older than you. Um, but no. I, I, don't re I don't recall. So funny enough, I wasn't involved with college sports as much because I automatically went to like, cheer for the Miami Dolphins. No, and and nobody does for community yeah. colleges. It's not really, unless yeah. you like date an athlete or you have a relative as an athlete, nobody right. really has that thing for a community college. And then FIU at the time probably wasn't as even as strong as it is now. So it was like no. Loserville there in the There in was the no sports. sports there was no sports department when I was at FIU. Ooh, I just dated myself. There was no football team. I remember that the rumors started and I was actually really against it. I'm, I'm going to be very transparent because I was in the broadcast journalism world. You could only take in their department, you could only take one class. They only had like one class that was offered one semester, then you'd take another one and it would skip. So I was working at the same time because I didn't have the luxury of just going to school. I had to work at the same time, put myself through college to actually finish. So I was very upset when I was like, you're spending all this money on football. On football. Joanna, what did you work at? What was your side hustle? What did you work at? Oh, so one of my 
side hustles. I had a couple, okay? Let the long list begin. <laughs> I used to work in an attorney's office in Hialeah, Daniel Keel. I used okay. to work there with, I was, I called myself the do girl. I was the assistant to everyone. I would pick up lunch, coffee, make copies, a lot of copies, staples, files, everything. But they were fantastic. I worked there for years all throughout my college years. And they kind of just let me run it in and out all the time and change my schedule whenever I could. But I worked there. Then I worked on the weekends. I used to be a I was a waitress at Don Shula's in Miami Lakes, the nice. restaurant. Nice. I used to work there. And then I cheered for the Dolphins, which obviously I didn't make a lot of money, but I did that for three years. And then I moved over and I started dancing for the Miami Heat. And then by that point, I was already finishing college at that point. What's what's better? I'm assuming the Heat only because you're indoors. Dancing <laughs> for the Heat versus the Dolphins, right? And then the Dolphins is just one day a week. No, no, no. Well, the game the is games. for the Miami Dolphins. You have to rehearse. Yeah, you have game, to rehearse. But you have rehearsals like three, four times every in the evenings. But you have a lot of, you know, you do calendar. You have also show team, which is a group of girls from the team. They get like 12 or 13 girls from the actual team and they travel and you have appearances. So I was part of the show team as well. So I was very you. busy. The show team. Yeah, what I has more busy. swag on the streets? Dolphin cheerleader or heat cheerleader? You know what? I can't choose. Everyone says like, oh, which one's your favorite? What was the best experience? And I think they were both different and fantastic at the same time. Obviously, Dolphins was my first experience, uh, you know, cheering for a professional NFL team. Very organized. They did a fantastic job. At that moment, it was Dory Grogan who was in charge of the cheerleaders. She came from Dallas. She was the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. So she brought that mentality, switched it completely. Very professional. So I had a great experience with the Dolphins. And then when I went to the Miami Heat, it was Janine Thompson who also had this great experience with the Heat dancers. And she had done that for years, also being a Heat dancer. She was a former Heat dancer herself. So I had great experiences. And then I met my husband to the Heat. So I kind of, you know, I'm kind of now married to the Heat. <laughs> you are married to the Heat. How is that when you're that young and you're a cheerleader? Do a lot of athletes bother you? I didn't have that experience i think i have like a wall nobody wants to talk to me <laughs> guys don't really or like maybe with your friends or the other cheerleaders did you see that a lot yeah i i obviously you know you're you you see a lot of athletes go up to girls and they have a relationship and or they have a bond or friendships right, right. not always it's not always uh, in that matter but you do well because you're around each other right you're in the same world and probably less now you know, more around each other, but, um, I mean, it is what it is, but there, there wasn't any sliding to DMS that back then. No, there was no, you see, I always think like, wow, if I had Instagram, I was talking to one of my girlfriends, if I had Instagram back in the day, I was that young. Oof. God trouble, gave huh? us all a favor, by the way, did, did us a break, did us a break. <laughs> it gave us a little break How there. much do you get bothered now on, do you get bothered a lot by guys on Instagram or no? On DM or anything? No. I mean, you know, you have your uh, occasional guys that slip in right. and they'll say, but no, not really. I just think they see not the vibe, really. like they see yeah. the vibe of the people, and if they see somebody's like a certain way, they don't, they don't bother them. And I but, post a different way, then they start. Yeah, I mean, I have pictures of my kids on Instagram, my husband, right, my right. work. You right. know, I am. I try also not to get too political on my social media feeds. You know, um, I, I try to stay true to the fact that. 
one day I'm not sure the story that I'm going to have to tell you uncovers. So I want to be fair. Of course. Every time I cover a story. So I try, you know, I try to be fair, not with like, I know everybody uses it. It's not on, on brands. Um, I don't want to say that on brands. I just try to be authentic to who I am and what I want. And I think a lot of times people don't think of what can burn you on social media. And I think we're seeing a lot of that nowadays, right? With so many celebrities tweeting things and saying things that they shouldn't be saying um, that comes out the wrong way. Especially so the I, Twitter, especially Twitter. Cause I think Twitter is Instagram is, I don't know why, because I think Instagram, because it takes longer, the caption, the picture, whatever, but Twitter just gets people in trouble left and right. And mm. just right now, I think Dwayne Wade, it happened to Dwayne Wade with what happened, yeah, happened to Nick to Cannon. It just, yeah, we just covered it this morning on the show. Yeah, it was too quick, too quick. It's a, it's those Twitter fingers, you know? You're just too quick to retweet and not look. Um, so I'm very cautious with that. I, I like to think twice, and there's times that I want to fire up. And just, yeah. To let but it I'm know, like, yeah. but, I, but I always think of, you know, if, if and obviously, you know, working in some in corporate world, you can't just fire off an email right away, right? You can't be emotional about it. Try not to bring your emotions into business. And, I, and I've learned that it's taken me a long time, but I try to remember that every single time. Let's not be emotional about this. Let me not. Let me just sit back and really think about what I want to say. And if I'm going to say what I'm going to post, is, is it going to help anybody? You know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just yeah. try to be more authentic to me, not to a brand, but to me. That makes sense. That makes sense. From cheerleading, you're at the heat. How do we transition to television? So at that point, I knew that I wanted to be on television. I knew that I wanted to be a journalist. It was more of how do I get my foot in? I knew that I wanted to do entertainment. I knew that I was in a sports world at that moment. So I said, well, how do I even start? And I need to get my reel. So I had an internship at Channel 4 in the sports department. Um, it, it was very short-lived. My schedule was a little crazy. So that was very short-lived. But I, I did, I managed to get a reel out of when I worked there um, and obviously see a lot of journalists doing their work. I put a reel together. What did you do at NBC half. though? What did you do? I wasn't at NBC at that. That that was at CBS. Channel Four. CBS. Was, what were you doing? Yeah. Were you corresponding just, on the? No, no, no. I was an intern. I was looking at games and writing down the, you know, the the moments to cut tape and putting tapes and rolling back and good old dirty work. You know, TV. Let stuff. me ask you a question, Joanna. Let me ask you a question. Why don't why don't they just hire? Unless it's to write a passage. Why don't they just hire editors to do editing? and talent to do talent and skip all that stuff. Well, it was like that. That's always how the industry was. You had editors, you had photographers, and you had talent that would do your talent. But now the industry has changed so much that now you actually have MMJs, which are multimedia journalists, who go out, shoot, edit, and present their own stories and tell their own stories. Wow. So the industry has changed a lot. And and it's so funny that you say that because it's, it's it's changed so much even now that we're all quarantined because of this pandemic. It, it is changed and it, it's going to change and you're going to see a change in television. At least that's what I predict and that's just my opinion. But yes, it was like that back in the day. It, it started to change. I guess it was financial reasons. You know, they also started doing automated service where, you know, like the, the, the cameras move on their own 
they're all, everything is a robot that controls it. A click of the a touch of the button, it moves things. The cameras move. You don't need operators anymore, which I was very sad about that because that's always three, four jobs of people, right? Eight people right there. You just right. got rid of physically and a robot can control. Same thing with audio now. All of these things are all automated services, which I don't know how good they are, but that's how the industry started changing. So from Channel 4, when I interned for a little bit, um, I got my reel together. And somehow at that moment, I was dancing for the heat. There was a casting for a show called Fusion. And it was on Telemundo's sister station called Mundos. And it was like an MTV version for American Latinos. They would play reggaeton. They would play Spanish, English music, a little bit of everything of whatever we all like to listen to especially in South Florida. It's a yeah. little bit of all of yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so it was that, and they were looking for a host. So I went to the casting. I sent them my reel. They called me back. They said, come to the casting. I went to the casting and they called me back. I went to the second casting. I didn't get the job, but I got the job as a reporter for the station. And I started working for them. And Hold on one second. Months- hold on one second. Whoa, whoa. When you didn't get the job, were you upset? Were you like, oh man, I really wanted it? Or were you like, nah, cool. I got the reporter thing right after. How did you deal with that failure? I was just happy that I got a job. Yeah. <laughs> it was my first job. How old were you happy. at the time? How old were you? I was 22. 22. Okay. I was 22. I was 22. But I'm 25 now. So what are you talking about? Well, yeah, that's good because you're, <laughs> you're turns four that you got the biggest four year old in, in the world. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> um, what age did you have your your first 30. kid? What age? At 30, oh, okay. I'm so, 41. So, so, Joanna, we're the same age, by the way. Oh, okay. So we're the same age. Class of 97. <laughs> no, we're the same age. I'm class of 97. When's class your birthday? March 7th. Mine's in January. I'm actually older than you by two uh, Just a little bit. Just a little bit. January 7th. Yeah. I'm January yeah. 7th. Look so. at that. Do it. There we go. See? Two months. So you had all this time to to prepare yourself. You're now commentating. You're uh, covering news for this network, and it's industry stuff. Enter- it's entertainment. Yeah, entertainment. it's entertainment news. So. so it's fun. So it's sexy, fun, yeah, fun vibe. Go here, go there, do a story in this. The the host that they chose at the time it didn't work out. Two months later, I ended up getting the hosting job nice. for that. So was I upset to answer your question? No, I mean, was that the job that I was going for? But I was just excited that I got in got at that moment. And I really didn't have a moment to cry. I was just excited that I got in and that I said, whatever it is, I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to make them fall in love with me. That's what nice. I did. Did you quit the heat? And I did. So did I didn't. I didn't quit the heat right away, but it did become a little difficult. So my last year dancing for the Miami Heat was kind of, crazy because I would run in from work and go into the locker room change and go out. So that was my last year because things got a little crazy. I I wasn't as involved um, as I wanted to be my last year. And I could have or should have been at that moment. But I was juggling a lot of things at that moment. Um, And that was my final year. Let me ask you a question. When you said you made them fall in love with you, right? What qualities did you bring to the table? That you thought of, you're like, okay, here's my plan. I'm going to do this, this. Because obviously there's a job you have to do. But what did you add to that? 
that made you right. pop and you go, all right, this is what's going to make me special? Well, I think it's still my attitude with everything that I do. I'm going to make them fall in love with me even more because I have one thing and I'm, I'm very proud of this myself. I'm a very hard worker. I give it all 100%. I do everything in my power to give it all. Um, and that just work really hard ethic. And, and I, and I really just, I, tr I, I really try to just push any ego aside. I'm here to learn. I've been doing this for a long time, but I can see how there's always room to grow and to be better, to be a better host, to be a better storyteller, um, which sometimes it's a downfall because I'm very critical on myself. You are, are you? Extremely. And I'm very hard on myself, which is not a great Do you thing. watch your episodes after? I do. I go back and I watch a lot of my stuff. If I don't watch one day or two, but I, I watch a lot. I, I really do. I go back. I watch it how I look. I watch at my mannerisms, what I say, my clutch words. I look at all those things. Yeah, that's professional talk right there. So let's go with the look first. So look meaning like you're like, I shouldn't have worn that color. That was off. Yeah, oh, my hair right here. I should have touched it up a little bit more. Maybe this lipstick isn't working. Uh, maybe that shirt wasn't such a good choice. You know, maybe nice. this is better. Yes, that way, right? Because the unfortunate part of being on TV is that you have also not people only watching you. It's a very, it's, it's difficult because people are not only watching you, but they're they're listening to every word you say, and then they're criticizing your everything that's coming out of your mouth and the way you look. And you've seen it with trolls and people that say nasty things. Um, you know, like with one time I was sick and I was sick for a little bit because my immune system has been a little compromised throughout the years and it takes me a little longer to fight a cold. And someone sent me a, 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 a nasty email. You better stop faking it with your colds. And I'm like, uh, no, actually, you know, so that is crazy to think that, that, that we have, we're not, we have to have a little more compassion with ourselves. Everybody does. Um, but that's not always the case, right? When people are watching you. So very critical. It, it's just crazy. Okay. So you, what makes you then happy as a reporter, as an interviewer? Is it your flow, your questions, how you improvise on the spot? What, what makes you content? When All you of that. Yourself? All of that. Um, when I say I did a good job is when I hit a home run with my questions the flow of it. It's a lot of listening, making sure that you catch what that person says that you can piggyback on. If I challenge them, I really, the hardest part I think for me because of entertainment is interviewing someone that you admire their work, but also not being so like, I love, 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 love and one-sided. I interviewed one time Tyler Perry and I love him. I love him as a director, a filmmaker, an actor. I love his energy about him. Um, he really just has this great vibe. I interviewed him one time and I one of his movies, which I won't name, and with another of his co uh, his actresses at the moment that was in the movie. And I asked him a, a question about critics and what they were saying about this film and how it was representing black women, black people, people of color. Right. And he was very 
like his the actress next to him was very upset at me. You could see she was very upset at me. I, I, her attitude changed with me. She kind of like snapped at me right away. And he took a deep breath. He kind of like touched her. He answered the question like a true professional. And when I left, I was like, I hope he's not upset at me. And I said, it's my job to ask these questions. And sometimes they're not all going to be pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Dude, <laughs> I know, I know. And that's what sucks about the TV thing, dude. And that's what sucks about the TV thing because look on a podcast, you can ask a question and we can, we're not in a rush. So I can, if I say something you don't like, I'll be like, whoa, let's ease up. Let's take it easy. Maybe we can edit it right. off or whatever. But in these interviews though, it's literally, it's so much pressure when you want to touch something that goes the wrong way. You're like, oh, here we go. And you have to be like a firefighter. What other interviews have been like that, or Joanna, that you've had to put out a fire? Anything um, like that? That you felt some vibe like that? I, I, you know what? I am not, I'm not, I am not, I don't think that I am the type of journalist that's going to ask you just easy questions. I think I'm yeah. going to ask you some questions that are going to, yeah, I always, well, I always try to challenge myself like that. I mean, look, not every interview lends itself for that, but, you know, if it's something that needs to be addressed, I feel like it will be addressed, you know, and sometimes it's hard, but I think it's all about how you ask it. And that's where, you know, I was talking about Nick Cannon and that situation, because I, I heard the podcast and I want to be careful with how I say this because I'm not defending anything that he said. I, and I'm, I'm not defending anything. He said. As, as a Jewish woman, I'm not defending anything that he said. And a, as, as a woman of color also, but he didn't know how to ask the question. I really don't think that sometimes people are aware of how to call, ask these questions. The way he tried to say the questions, like if you would have said all those things that he was stating, which the book stated, and then said, why is that? Why do you feel that that's right to feel that way about white people or about anyone? You know, so I think that learning how to ask a question, learning how to set up the question is really what I want to say is the right way. Like if Nick would have probably, and not only Nick, so many other journalists have gotten in trouble and TV hosts that have said things and just it came across wrong or it got edited funny, yeah. you yeah. know, the power of editing. It would have been different. So you, I think that that's where I'm critical of myself, right? Because I also watch a lot of TV and I say, oh, wow, I love him for that. I love her. That was a great way to set up a question. That was a great way. And I do it with my co-host also. Jen and I also say that was a great setup to that question. Like you did that perfectly. You asked that question in a, in a, in a way that it wasn't combative. Is I'm not here to be combative with the person that I interview, but I'm here to do my job and ask you all those questions that I want to know about that make you smile, make everybody smile, but also those uncomfortable questions that, hey, sometimes we just have to ask and we want to know the answer to. Do you ever get any person before tell you, listen, well, I'm not going to talk about this? Have you ever gotten that? Yes. 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 And I respect that to some point. And then there's been times where that's happened and I won't name names that I've said, well, we can't interview you. Yeah. So for sure. I, I love that. You know, that. because if, if you, if you're going to tweet something and then you're going to come on my show and you think I'm not going to ask 
you about that tweet. Yeah. Mm, yeah, no, not happening. It actually did happen to me with, oh God, and I can't remember. It happened to me with someone and I, and I just can't remember the top of my head. I interviewed him and I asked him live on TV, which edited, you know, you do a podcast, you can cut some things out and the same thing with, um, with some interviews that are, you know, recorded, but live is a whole different animal whole because different animal. it goes on, it goes on. Yep. And I asked him that question live and I set it up nicely, you know, like, Hey, this is what clear this up for, for me and for everybody. And he had no idea because his publicist or somebody else put it out. So he answered beautifully. And when we were done, he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I was like, what do you mean you have no idea? I was like, look, it's all over the internet. <laughs> um, and I cannot recall right now for the life of me who it was, but yeah, something like that happened to me one time. And I, you know, he was fine, but it is what it is. Joanna, you mentioned there in the mix, when did you start that show? So let me fast forward after I was done with Mundos. I yes. worked for them for about a couple of years. They actually moved their headquarters to Los Angeles. I was getting married at the time. I did not move to LA. I stayed here in South Florida. Hold on. Any thoughts of moving to LA, Joanna? Were you thinking about it? Um, it had crossed my mind, but I was getting married. Um, and I didn't have a, I didn't have, like, it's not like they said, here's a job for you move to LA. So it wasn't let me like ask that. you a question. What would have happened if they said, here's a job. Are we, are the stoves becoming by school? What's going on there? What, what would have been, been a great question? Cause I wasn't a stove at the moment. <laughs> so it would have been, look, buddy, show me how much you want it. Let's go. <laughs> That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Dude, luckily you didn't put out the spot because that's that's one of the one of the hardest things of being in your field, especially being a woman. Yeah, is stuff like that with families because for a guy it's always different, but for for a woman to make that choice to leave Miami to go to California on a on a thing that isn't like a big thing is still up and coming. It's it's a big it's a big risk. So you didn't go, and then what happened? So I didn't go, I ended up staying here. I got a job working at WPLG, which is channel 10. And I did it all. I covered sports, news, traffic, weather, everything that, any story I did. All right, so let's stop right there. Sports, news, traffic, weather. One through four, which, what do you like the best? Which one do you least like the, best, the most? Ooh, you really are putting me in the spot. Um, well, weather I just filled in. So How'd you like doing the weather? You didn't like? Did you like uh, the weather? It, it, I mean, I just filled in a couple times, so it wasn't a. I was I was good at it, but I was good at it because I did traffic, and you know, there's no scripts. It's just you talking in front of a green screen, talking about what's okay. going on behind you. Um, and then I did sports. I enjoyed sports. So I would say probably entertainment, sports, news. Traffic then weather. you can say traffic, weather, weather, traffic. traffic. traffic it's, weather. A <laughs> it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. Joanna, have you ever thought of doing, I guess it'll make, it becomes political, but like Fox News or anything like that? You ever been approached or anything like that? 
No, no, because that's not really authentic to what I do in the sense of I, I don't do politics. Um, I don't cover politics. And no. So then let me ask you a question. So why do a lot of people that are that were on MTV be move over to Fox and then people who are like in sports move over like CNBC and stuff like that? Um, well, I haven't seen anybody that has done like MTV on Fox. Who's on? I don't know if it's on Fox. Isn't that, isn't that Kurt Loader? Didn't he move over to? Well, Kurt Loader always, so Kurt Loader always did news for MTV. Got so it, he it, has it. an, he has a news. A news thing. Background. Yeah. Got he it, has a it. news background. Um, I have a news background, but I haven't really done covered news in a very long time. And I think my strong suit is More entertainment. More entertainment than anything else. Is and then today's show, sports. Joanna, is the today's show considered news or entertainment? So the Today Show has different sectors of it. And the, the first two hours are a little bit more news. But the Today Show is a morning show. So morning shows tend to have a little bit of everything to get everyone ready to get out the door. So you, you have your news, your, your news that you need to know, top of the morning. You have your weather you have your entertainment, you've got your pop start. So it, it's a little bit of everything. Then as you get closer towards the midday with the Today Show, you see that they have the third hour of the Today Show, which is more of a talking talk show, entertainment, informative talk show. And then you have Hoda and Jenna, which they are actually the ones that are on at 10.30 right before Jenna and I go on and the news takes on at 11. So. So as you get closer towards, you know, the midday, then it starts getting less newsy and more informative news more informative. entertainment. Yeah. So you're more like uh, right now, almost like e-entertainment, that kind of thing? E um, I would say, you know, I think there's a little bit of an e-news component to Six in the Mix because we give you your entertainment news. But... We also do stories. We we dive in a little bit deeper. So I would say we're a good mix between like the third hour of the Today Show with a little bit of E-News, if that nice. makes any sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So you were, were, we were strolling along there, almost getting to NBC in the mix? Yeah. So then I, I was at WPLG for a couple, so about six years. And at that point, I was pregnant with my second child. And I worked mornings. I used to wake up at three in the morning. I did the morning show. And I just became a little birch from having to work so early. I needed a different change. Um, and I didn't know what was what was my growth there at the station at the time. Uh, so then at that moment, I, was, I somehow had an opportunity to go into radio. Uh, one of my... Things, my bucket list things that I would like to do with my life is to do some voiceover work, to do animation. Look at you, really? Yeah, I've always wanted to do that. And I said, well, it's probably a great way to do that. So I hosted a morning show in Miami, radios, well, radio for about a year, year and a half, because then it flipped. So I did two different stations. I oh, did that. What station? It was, um, well, they don't exist anymore because, you know, radio does this thing where they flip stations. So Dude, one day it's a country. Power 96 is like, not Power 96 anymore. I remember these. This is what I remember. Ready? No, no, Power, power 96, 96 is still Power 96. But it ain't Power 96 like the same kind of music. 
Is it? Oh, well, I don't I don't know. <laughs> so this is what I remember. Ready? Power 96. The Coast, 97.3. 97.3. Y100. Right. And 99 Jams. That's what I remember. Right. That's it. You you old. <laughs> See, yeah, I'm telling you. That's what I remember. Um, so Power 96 is still there, right? Well, now we have 93.9, right? Yeah. Power 96. Um, 97.3, yeah, 99 Jams, Y100, which is still around also, 103.5 The Beat. Now you have 103.5 The Beat, and then you have 99 Kiss Country. There's a lot of radio stations. There's a lot of radio stations. The thing with radio, what makes radio and TV different, there is an uncertainty with radio, and radio people can probably back me up with this or not. I'm not sure how anybody feels about this, but they flip. The stations can flip. So one day Power 96 can play all your pop entertainment music and then tomorrow it could be country. Power 96 can be a whole other country station. That's crazy. So that's crazy. That's like you're right. It does Joanna, let me ask you a flip. question. Let me ask you a question. Was, do you listen to the radio? I never listen to the radio. I I do. I listen to the radio because well, pre-pandemic, picking up my kids from one place to the other, taking them. But I do listen to a lot of serious radio. So I have a lot of- What do you listen on serious radio? Um, I listen to NPR, boring. I listen to CNN. Okay, hold on, NPR, what is NPR? The National Public Radio, NPR. Okay. okay. I listen to CNN. Okay. Um, and then I listen to podcasts, a lot of podcasts. Top. Three podcasts that you listen to, Joanna. Tell me. Every day I listen to The Daily Stoic with okay. Ryan Holiday. Okay. That's every day. And then Headspace has a podcast as well. And it's just three minutes of like a meditation or whatever. So I'll listen to that. All right. And then I flip around. NPR also has a podcast. I'll listen to that. Uh, Oop. You know, healthy women living all right, stuff like all that. All right, all right, all right, all right. I gave you four. <laughs> there it is. No, you did good. You did good. When did I notice? I knew this when I I didn't notice when I met you, but I noticed after. You became almost a indirectly. You became a very positive spokeswoman for breast cancer, yeah. and yeah, you. It's people don't understand how vulnerable and how hard it is at the beginning when you're dealing with something that I know a lot of women get it, but a lot of us don't know women that get it unless you know somebody and you're almost in the beauty entertainment business. So it's yeah. kind of hard going through that process. Talk to me how you, when you get something like that, what do you tell yourself being a mom going through that whole process, then coming out to be an inspirational person? How was that for you? I was tough. Uh, I got diagnosed in 2017. At that point, I already had all my kids. Thank God for that. Um, it rocked my world. You know, no one in my family had cancer. The irony of everything is that I covered a lot of stories of breast cancer. The walk, the Susan G. Komen walk, all the walks that happened in South Florida. I was the reporter that was out there covering them in South Florida. I spoke to women that had it, women that beat it, women that knew someone that were going through it at the time. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I was going to ever be diagnosed with breast cancer. And that's just the reality. 
No one in my family has cancer ever. My family suffers from diabetes. That's my family history. So I was 37 at the time and healthy, great shape, working out, eating healthy, always on top of you know, what I put into my body, you know, all that. And I felt a lump. I was watching TV with my husband in bed one day and I said, oh, this is odd. I, and it was right here, very close, higher up in my chest. And I said, okay, maybe it's nothing. Life, life happened, it, time passed, and I kind of lost track of time. And then I felt another one. And I said, okay, I think it's time to go get checked. And I went to go get checked. And one thing after the next, after a couple more checks and a little bit more poking and probing, and I got the news that I, I had breast cancer. I had three tumors and I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. So it was very hard. Um, I had to go through 16 rounds of chemo. Uh, then I had to do some chemo after. Um, it was it was it was difficult. I did a double mastectomy as well, but you know I made it out. Uh, all I'm right, let's here. Let, hold on. Let's stay right there. So as you're going through all this with the chemo, did did you have to lose your hair because of the chemo or no? Yes. Yeah. So as a but guy that knows about that, but I know about that a little bit about hair loss, unfortunately, but I do. <laughs> yeah, but yours is a natural thing. I don't yours know about that. I know it's there's a big a, difference. It is a big difference. a big difference. It's a big difference. Like, you know, God just says, you're going to be bald. <laughs> Your time's up, dude. Your time's up. At any point, was there any relief, Joanna, that you're like, oh, at least I don't have to do my hair. Was there any relief of that during that whole process or no? No way, huh? No. You know, it, and I can say this now, and hopefully no judgment coming from anybody on, on the other end listening, but it, I was, I was very concerned about my hair. And I know that that sounds very vain. No, it's not vain at all. It's not vain at all. It's normal. It's normal. I mean, listen, us as men, we don't talk about that. About, listen, what if you're in your 20s and you start to lose your hair? We don't talk about that. So what happens is we start making, as men, ridiculous decisions of either having weird haircuts, weird comb-overs, getting weird surgeries. I did it. I, because I was going to act in Los Angeles. Look at the mistake I made. I go, wow. there isn't any actor in Los Angeles that has thinning or listen to this. This is where I messed up in my life back then. This is 2006. Every leading actor, full set of hair, right? Except one dude, full set of hair. Except Jason Statham, which I don't know what he's rocking. That, that look is, there's yeah. no way I'm rocking that half. That I'm never doing that in my life. Anyway, so instead of me going, you know what? I'll be the first. I'll just, I go, no, no, no. So I go, I go to Bosley. I get this hair surgery, right? Did zero preparation on what are the negatives of the surgery? Do you actually hold on to the surgery? Then you got to take Propecia. Then you got to, not knowing that you really have to take random surgeries. And these are like, at the time, $12,000 surgeries. This is a big little investment Wait, here, so you know? How was the surgery? I'm curious. What do they do? So I got the old school one. Which is, if you look in the back of my head, before I could never, sh I could never sh uh, go real low in the back because you would see a line. Because yeah, what yeah. they do is right. they do a scar, cut. they cut a scar in the back of your head, mm -hmm. and then they take the follicles, they put them like in a in a petri dish here, whatever, and they put them in one by oh, one God. in these areas that you're thinning. But here's the problem. A lot of the times in your crown, it doesn't hold. 
so it falls off and it doesn't recover. So that's why you got to take multiple hair surgeries, right? On top oh, wow. of that, you got to take Propecia. What Propecia does is one of the benefits of the reason they say you don't have hairs because you have a lot of testosterone in your body. Men love testosterone as oh, you need it, <laughs> especially as you get older. So look how God plays you now in this world. Here's you want to have hair, right? So here's the pill that lowers your testosterone, which no dude wants that. But then if you don't do that, yeah, you, got hair. you got hair, but what's hair if you can't use your testosterone, right? So it's the biggest thing in the world. And I don't have anybody to turn to. I don't have anybody to talk to. But here's the irony. Who's the number one actor in the world right now? Okay. Number one box office, number one everything. Now, you know. If you think about it, you know. No, who? I'm, I give up. Any act, he's an action guy, number one guy. Bradley Cooper? No, he's not Bradley The Rock, number one. Oh, yeah, he's bald. And he's bald. Look at that. You see that? If I would have been like him, started a little, he started receding, but he kept, and he just, that was my problem. But I love that you talked about the importance of hair because anybody that says anything that's important to anybody else isn't being empathetic to that person in their situation. Okay. That was my thank you for that. But yes, that was a very big thing for me. They were like, you're going to lose your hair because you have to go through 60 rounds of chemo. You're going to lose your eyebrows. You're going to use your lashes. And I was like, what? I was like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm too young to lose my hair. And they were like, no, 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 you, you don't have a choice. And I was like, oh, no, I have choices. And I met my oncologist and she said, you don't have to lose your hair. There is a system, there's a, a new thing called the cold cap. At, at, this was what, three years ago. So it wasn't as new at that moment, but it was new in the game. Um, and you pretty much you freeze your hair follicles while you're in chemo. So your hair doesn't, you know, your chemo doesn't go up to your head and you won't nice. lose your hair. Nice. So that's pretty much, that's the short version of how it works. Um, it is not covered by insurance. It was I'm blessed that I had the opportunity to pay for that out of pocket. Um, and it's, it was, I didn't lose my hair is the short of it it's because short. of that. I didn't lose my eyebrows also. And I, I lost a couple of my lashes. I had hair and I didn't have hair anywhere else on my body, but I did get to keep my hair. It thinned out a lot. I have a lot of hair. It's on mine, <laughs> no extensions and it's thick. Um, so I got to keep a majority of my hair. It just thinned a lot. Have you ever used extensions, Joanna? I did. I actually had to use extensions after because I thinned so much that only when I would lift my hair up, you would see that I had, it was thin, not bald spots, just thin. Just thin. Um, so I did use it for a little bit. Um, and then I took them out when my hair just started all growing up. And then that's when I cut my hair. It's when I, I chopped my hair because my hair was all kind of growing out. And now right. I, it, it's back. It's back. Thank what God. What a great but set yes, of hair, was, huh? What a great set yeah. of hair. Look at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I have, I, I, have, I have great hair, which is the craziest thing of everything because my hair has always been like my thing, right? On part TV. It's part of me. A lot. If you ever stop and watch TV, you'll notice that a lot of women that do broadcasts news local news they have the what we call the bob look you know it kind of looks the same they have the same haircut short you don't really have 
wear it curly. Now you do more because there's more acceptance, but you couldn't wear your hair curly and you couldn't wear your hair long because it's distracting. And they never, no one ever, thank God, no one ever made me cut my hair. No, none of the news directors that I had to work with, they were like, I like your hair. It's great. Keep it. Just make sure you wear it to the side. Make sure you, you know, you keep right. the paint and you'll be fine. So the irony is that I always had long hair and then they said, you're going to lose it. They're like, you're going to live. You're just going to lose all your hair. You're going to lose all your hair. And I was like, no. How long did it take you to get back to work after all that, Latrona? Um, I actually was working at the time. So after I did radio, um, radio station flipped. I kind of uh, was at that moment looking for a job. And at that moment, Six in the Mix was looking for a correspondent to do some sales and sponsored segments. Roxy was hosting the show at the time, Roxanne Vargas. And they called me in. And that's how I started working for them as a correspondent. I would do some of the sales sponsored programs. And then I would fill in for her every now and then. But then in 2017, when I got sick, I was freelancing for them. And I just didn't do any other work because I was in and out of the hospital. And I would work very little for them. At that moment, I actually thought that I was never going to work ever again because I said, I'm sick. I have three kids. I'm working less. I mean, I went from like working to, if I worked for, if I worked, 30 times that year, I'm exaggerating, honestly. Right. Because I, right. I, I wasn't I wasn't looking and that's just the way it worked out. It's just the way the cookie crumbled. And right around, I did know that I wanted to share my story, but I wanted to share my story when I was ready to share my ready. story. I was going in at the station. No one knew what I was going through when I felt comfortable and I said, October is the perfect time to share my story because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I went to the news director at NBC, which is Magdalia Figaro. And I said, hey, I have this story. This is what happened to me. Uh, and she was like, what? She was shocked. Um, I told my EP, which is Alex at the time. At the time, he is my EP now. And he was the EP at that moment also. Everybody was shocked and I kind of, I ran and I did a story on my experience with breast cancer to raise awareness for women in their 30s, in their 20s that think it's not going to happen to me. My story was for them. My nice, story was to show course. them you could be healthy. You don't have to be 40. You don't have to be 45. You don't have to be 50. You have to be, you could be 20 and 30 and you can get breast cancer. It could be you. You have to go through 60 rounds of chemo and there are a lot of complications. So please. Go get checked. Don't think you're untouchable. Um, my story was to them. And then I did a story on the cold cap to inform also women how I got the chance to keep my hair after that. Um, and then just the way it worked out, um, that moment Roxy was moving up to do morning news. They needed somebody to do the show. And they said, we're going to change six in the mix. They brought in Jen Herrera and they gave me the other co-hosting job. And here I am. The now. rest is history, huh? Yeah. That show, man, it seemed I, I got lucky enough to be on. It's super fun. It's it seems fast, but really fun. Favorite guest you've had on, Joanna? You. Nah, 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 nah. Come on, come on. Easy, you. No, no, no. Favorite guest. Come on, favorite guest. <laughs> I cannot pick a favorite guest. You cannot I really pick a favorite. Can. Well, just think about it. Five days a week, we have three, four guests every day on the show. Think about, there's so many guests by the end of the week. We've spoken to more than 20 people. How um, was Steve Harvey when he was on the show? 
I actually went up to see Steve Harvey. He never was on our show. He was on you the show, but I went to Orlando. You met him somewhere, I met right? Him, I met him in Orlando. He was he was actually really nice. He was fantastic. Um, you know, a lot of times with celebrities, what people don't realize when you interview them is that you don't have a lot of time. So right. sometimes they give you five minutes, and you think five minutes—that's a long time. No, no. five minutes is like three questions. Um, and if it's a long, wordy. A person like kind of what I'm doing to you now. No, not you're perfect. Point, you're perfect. You're then, perfect. Then those answers <laughs> eat up your. Five I'll minutes. never. I'll never forget. He goes to you. I'll have one of those cafecitos too. Remember that? Yeah. Did he say that to you? He said, he said that to me. I did a game with him. He was very nice that he did a game with me after my five minute interview. I kind of asked him. He was very. He was. A, he was very sweet. Um, he wasn't a diva ish. You know. You know. When you're a big time celebrity, you have a lot of people and handlers and everyone and he was he was, was cool. very present he was very present yeah joanna do you think of yourself as a brand now with internet becoming the powerhouse that it is and etc do you ever think about that or are you like listen i'm traditional now i'm gonna always gonna be somebody that's in traditional media do you ever think about that I don't consider myself somebody that's in traditional media but i don't consider myself a brand does that make sense yes Yes and no. Um, people always say like, I am my brand. I am Joanna Gomez. You are your brand. You're Hector, Coach HP, your brand. That's right. you. But I feel like I evolve and I change so much. Why am I going to stick to just one thing? You know, so yes and no. I'm going to be authentic to me. Right. Do you think about then, do you think about then starting a podcast? Do you think about then I do. having a YouTube I do. channel? I, I, I always say that I want a podcast because I can talk to the, <laughs> of course, I can of course. fill time. And I, and you know what, that's what I love about my job is the fact that I get to interview people, ask questions, get to know them, dive in a little deeper. Um, yes. So do I think of having a podcast? Yes. But there's so many podcasts out there, right? Like yeah, but there's only things, one Joanna Gomez, but there's only one Joanna Gomez. Um, I do think about it, but it has to be the right time, the right for the right place. Um, right now I'm just, you know, I'm a mom of three. So yeah. I try to divide, I'm trying to be present with them also. Is that so hard to be I, present with the kids all the time? Um, no, cause I'm more conscious about it. Um, so what I, what I, what I struggle with honestly is the juggling part of it all of juggling, being a mom, being a wife, being a television host and a reporter, being a friend, bring a daughter and then having time for myself somehow, some way and all that mix. Right. Yeah. Um, so if I say yes to a podcast, yes to this other work, as great as financially, that's going to work for me and might be able to open other doors, which I want those doors to open. I think, well, I'm, I only got this time with my kids. My my oldest is going to be 11 next week, which I can't even believe. It's crazy. In a couple of years, he's not going to be in my house, you know? So I, I, I'm kind of just letting it play out the way it's supposed to. And I really do have, um, I, I live my life with God is going to put the right things for me at the right time. I never thought, and I, with all sincerity, that after I had cancer that I was going to be in the position where I am now. I don't take my job for granted. I don't take my life for granted. I enjoy every minute of it. So 
if it's to over put things in my schedule that's going to take the fun out of what I'm doing and not be present in whatever I'm doing, then I'd rather not do it. A lot of people ask me, come on my podcast or come talk this or do this. And, I, and, and unfortunately, I say no sometimes, but there's a power to saying no right. because there's such a great power of being able to know that I'm when, when I'm with my kids, I'm with them. And I want to yeah. be, and I'm not saying that I'm great at it. And I'm not saying that I, I've got it down, but I'm trying. That this is it. This is this is what I'm doing at this moment. And be I a like little that. bit more present. I like that. I like that. Two more questions, Joanna. Favorite type of music? I'm a hip hop girl. Who's your favorite hip hop? I'm from Washington Heights, so I just love. I love. I love hip hop. I, mean, I like pop too. I don't really listen to country. Okay, I listen favorite hip hop. Who's your favorite hip hop person oh, right now? Who's your favorite? My favorite hip hop artist right now. Oh gosh, I can't really pick one. I'm so bad. I can't pick one. Sorry. All right, here we go. Ready? Favorite yeah. hip hop song to do your TikToks to? <laughs> ah, you see? Ah, come on. We gotta get out of here with those. Well, wait, because because I have to be honest, the TikTok that I do is only with my son. Dios uh, sabe I don't even know how to work that thing. Hey, it, it counts. <laughs> it still counts. Favorite TikTok dance. Come on. I, I would have to call in Zayden for that yeah. to help All me right. because I do whatever. I don't know. I just I just find him every day. My son's doing this. He's doing the moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, what do you do? So then, what do you do? Do you watch videos and then? That's how you coordinate together. No, wait a minute. There's a video that you're by yourself. Don't come with that. Oh, oh when I get the savage. Yeah. Ah, look at you. The, you gonna lie to my audience, Joanna? You gonna lie to my audience? Is that what you gonna do? I forgot. I forgot. I forgot about that when you're right. I, I did. I did the Megan the Stallion, the I'm a Savage challenge because my cousin said there's no way you can learn how to do this because you know, tú eres una vieja and you don't have dance moves anymore. So I was like, espérate ahí mismo. And I was I'll like, I'll show you. I'm going show you right now. Te voy a enseñar ahora mismo. I honestly do, cannot tell you my favorite. I mean, listen, I'm 41, so I love me some Biggie. I love me some Tupac. That, there's nothing like listening to Biggie and Tupac to me. Um, I love Jay-Z. I actually really enjoy old Kanye. Old Kanye, I, I love my old Kanye. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Joanna, do you like Annie, I, I, I love, I love old Kanye. I, I, I wish it's, it's hard because you people evolve for certain reasons. We didn't know that old Kanye was bipolar that now he is apparently. So that puts something in the mix. Being in a high-profile relationship changes everything when you have the it person of the time and you're married with her and. Everything he did back then was pure artistry. Now it gets mixed. But it goes to show you when you have a vision and you stick with it. Back then he was pre he was saying about the fashion and the fashion. Nobody gave him a shot that he's a genius at that. Turns out he was right. So it just shows the marathon of the stuff. But I love everything you said there. I love. I'm, Joanna, I'm such a big fan of yours and of your authenticity and the way you carry yourself on TV that I know anything that you do is going to bring a lot of success, a lot of happiness to people that take time to listen to you, get to know your story, get to be about what you're about. So I just hope you keep that going. Last, uh, last question. Any question for me? Anything I can help you with? Any question? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I have so many questions for you, but this is a, we have I know time. we're Go running on time. No, no, we have time. We're running, we're running on time. What are your goals for your podcast? My goal is that if I can make somebody feel better about mm -hmm. themselves, about their situation, about their story, about what they've gone through, about what they're going through, about what they feel after they're done with me. Whoever it is that they feel, man, I, that was good. That was that was nice. That's my goal with this podcast. If three people hear it, like the same Spanish, si cuatro gatos lo escuchan, then I got the four cats that are loyal. If 4,044 million, when I started becoming Coach HP, I go, if I could help one parent out, if I could help one mom, single mom, to not carry her son's equipment, to understand that the winning is in the adversity, to understand that that's why a girl, a Dominican girl from Washington Heights is winning is because when things got tough, nobody bailed her out. She bailed herself out. And the more I can do that with people now in 2020 and understand that we got to hold ourselves accountable for certain things. Are a lot of injustices happening? Yes. But we have to look at ourselves first and understand what's really going on. Like I understand, I'll give you an example. I understand that right now I fit 90% of criminals look like me, bald, beard, and tattoos in jail. Like, if you look at it, I this is what I have, right? So if I get stopped by the police and I'm in a tough situation, first thing I do is I disalarm anybody that, hey, I'm not a criminal, right? But that's me as a 41-year-old positive dude. Gone year, through a lot of stuff. Who's gone well. through a lot of life. But what happens is now is we have 30-year-old men, 35-year-old men, who look a certain way and sometimes that look gets you in trouble and we're not preparing these guys to deal with this kind of thing. So I'm big are into- you, Are you going to prepare them? Are you going to be that light, that beacon for all of those young men out there? I'm trying and everything I do, every when I speak, I speak about it. I have a, I've done posts about it. I'm gonna continue to do posts about it. I'm gonna continue to talk about Listen, I've never had a problem with the police because I've never tried the police, but that's me. I've never drank in my life. So unfortunately, I've never left the party, buzzed a little bit, got stopped at the wrong time, said the wrong thing to somebody, and where they should have held me, they pinned me down, and that's never happened to me before. But okay. my dad, who did a lot of wrong things to me growing up, he always told me, when the police stop you for any reason, it's yes, sir, no, sir, don't answer back nothing and i think we got to start holding men young men because remember zayden's gonna look like a man at 16 there's a good chance he's gonna be six feet already at 16 and his brain is gonna be nowhere near developed to what a man is mm -hmm. so it's it's just crazy we're not preparing young men to deal with the testosterone that's coming the yeah. pressures of this. That. So I just think we need more speaking, more preparation, more. Okay, that is absolutely wrong. Should anybody die? For, absolutely not. But what can you control? And I'll end with this, Joanna. Forever we can control three things in life. I don't care what you look like, where you come from. You can control your effort and your attitude. Your reaction. You know what I'm saying? Your effort and your attitude. Uh oh, I just got cancer right now. Can you control that? Absolutely not. 
What can I control? Mm-hmm. My effort and then my attitude. That's it. Yeah. I just got pulled over. What can I control? My effort and my attitude. I just failed yeah. the class. What can I control? My effort now and my attitude. And then the third one that I put, which is a big one, especially for dreamers that want to reach the highest scales of whatever it is, is expectations. If you manage your expectations, which is super hard, super, super, super hard. I'll, I'll never forget this. I, I was, I was starting and Steve calls me up. He goes, listen, Joanna's going to get you on the show. And I was like, and I was just starting. I'll be like, Oh my God, that's great. Whatever. That didn't happen for a year and a half till after because life works that way. But I know this at 39 or 40 that I was at the time. But if we don't teach this to kids now, oh, I, they lied to me. I was, and it's stuff that's on beyond the control because you can't control that. And if I preach yeah. anything to parents right now is teach kids to not take everything personal. They didn't invite you to this party. There's a reason why. Relax. You're not the cool. You think you're not the cool person. So that is my mission on everything that I do is to use my life as an example of look where I was two years ago, way different than I am now, way different than when I'm going to be two years ago from now. But this is what it is. No one's been lied to more than me. I'm talking about by famous people that could literally change my life. And people get amnesia, Joanna, like it never happened. Nobody calls me up and goes, oh, HP, by the way, uh, I'm working. No, because everybody's living their life. So if I can teach people this, this, that, it makes me so happy. So that's, that's my thing. That's my thing. And I'm, I'm a big fan of the Stowe Gomez team. You know that? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So Can't wait to see you on that national TV one day covering sports. We're gonna. I, I, it might be sports. It might be on a talk show. It might be on whatever. But uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be fun and it's gonna be original. That's what I promise. It'll be authentic. That's for sure. There we go. You're on the right start. There you we go, Joanna. Thank you so much for <laughs> doing this. You. Okay. Take care. Any help I can be, be let safe. me know. Okay. Bye. Bye. Boom. There it is. Glad you stuck with it all the way. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't, think about it forever this is what you got to think about more important than even subscribing forever go hard do your thing thank you joanna for coming on the show and being a friend of the show need more friends you can never have enough friends good friends remember guys forever keep going hard and doing your thing even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.